Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. I'm Brad Anderson. I'll be your host. Today we have with us Chuck Mills, who is a pastor at East Point Baptist Church. Uh, And today we're going to talk about church planning and what all that entails. Chuck, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, just a little side note, Chuck is uh, my pastor, uh, and I'm really excited to, to have him here with us. Um, Chuck, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, like you say, I'm Chuck Mills, uh, also known as Charles Mills, and uh, I pastor East Point Church. I'm also the planter uh, that started that church, and uh, right now we're still relatively young as a church body. Um, I grew up in Morristown and went through the Morristown school system, and then I spent some time at Walter State and then graduated from Carson Newman and uh, started teaching in the Morristown school system, Hamlin County school system. My wife and I moved off to Jefferson City for about 12 years and then came back to Morristown, and and so my wife, Leanne, uh, works in the school system now in Hamlin County. She's been there 25, 26 years, and uh, we don't have any any children. We left that up to the Lord, and uh, but he has blessed us with, with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we are dog people, mm-hmm. and so they're they're spoiled, and probably treated better than a lot of kids in our country. I'm I'm it's sad to say, but they're spoiled. Yes, yes. Been met them. They are both very spoiled. Uh, I think that's why I like you so much. <laughs> We're both dog people. Right. I love that. All right. Uh, so, how long have you been doing uh, ministry? It, it seems like pretty much all my life. Right. Um, I, I preached my first sermon when I was twelve. Oh, wow. uh, I when I was in high school, I led the children's messages on Sunday mornings at the church I grew up in. Started teaching a high school Sunday school class when I was in high school. Uh, served in in various positions and went to a conference about being called in the ministry when I was sixteen. And, and so that journey is one that I struggled with for a while. And it wasn't that I was running from the ministry. I just wanted to make sure that God was calling me uh, specifically to preach. And so. I just got to a point in my life where I realized I'm going to be involved in ministry in some way or another. So through college, uh, I continued to serve in various positions of ministry. Uh, then got married, then and Leanne and I found our you know the church that God wanted us to be in, and mm-hmm. and continued to serve, and was ordained as a deacon, and then also a, a minister. So I announced my call to preach. You know during that time. And so I've been involved in, in some kind of ministry for most of my life. Now, as far as vocational ministry, I went into full-time vocational ministry at the end of 2004. Uh, I'd spent 10 years in the school system teaching, and, and I was preaching in that time and leading different ministries. I, I started an outreach program in the church I was at. Um, I, I did men's ministry. I taught, I taught an adult Sunday school class. I uh, was a deacon. I mm-hmm. uh, was a preacher going to different places and preaching. And finally, you know, God opened the door for me to go into full-time ministry, and so I left teaching and went in. Uh, you know, even while I was at Carson Newman, I, I struggled. I took a semester off uh, trying to figure out, do I switch strictly to, you know, ministry uh, for my education? But I had so much time invested 
in education, the Lord just showed me that I needed to finish that out. And so, and that was good. That was, that was such a blessing being in the classroom and teaching because every time I would go to a church to preach, it doesn't matter where it was, what county, there was always someone in that congregation who was a, either a current student or a former student. Right. And so they always, you know, even at the beginning of the year when teachers would, would meet with parents of, you know, kids at the beginning of the year, they'd come in and say, well, you're, you're Mr. Mills, you're that preacher. And, uh, and, and so, you know, the, the parents knew that. And so I was also, in, when I was in the school system, I was involved in First Priority and FCA. You know, so ministry has, has just always been something that, that God has had me working in in some way, you know, or another. Uh, but like I said, as far as full-time vocational ministry, that started at the end of 2004. And I'm, you know, thankfully the Lord's kept me in that all this time. So now I've been out of teaching in the school system and the vocation of ministry full-time longer right. now than I was in, in the other. <clears throat> so I know um, you and I have talked uh, several times about your call into um, church planning mm-hmm. and what all that entailed and, you know, leaving your church and, you know, kind of going out on a limb. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how God kind of laid that on your heart and how that's something that you kind of wrestled with for a while? It started uh, with my position in the church at Swansylvania Baptist in Dandridge. For some reason, you know, God just started this, uh, you know, this stirring within me about church planning. And initially I was looking at how we could uh, connect with church planners, uh, you know, through the TBMB or, or the North, North American Mission Board. And so I started looking into that and, and seeing the need. And of course, church planning became an emphasis uh, within the TBMB. And, uh, and looking for ways that they could connect uh, you know, with planters. And so I started that process as far as looking at potential planters that as Swansylvania, we could connect with and support. Uh, and so that I spent some time in Toronto mm-hmm. uh, with the North American Mission Board, connecting with Matt Hess, uh, who, who was actually a planter in Toronto, who was connected with a church in, in Tennessee. And, and met with other planners, but that's who we decided to connect with. But I noticed while I was there, uh, there was just this stirring within my spirit and just an excitement. We did some city tours in Knoxville, and I went down and spent time with planners. Uh, I took the youth uh, to an—it wasn't an infuge. It was a city reach. And so we went and connected for a week with church planners and, and helped them uh, to accomplish something for that week, you know, where they needed extra manpower to come in. And just what I noticed is— it, it just started this this fire within me. Uh, anytime I would be around them, and I would listen to what they were doing, uh, it would fan an excitement within me, and it, it became the point where I realized God wasn't calling me to try to support church planners to the church I was in, but God was started calling me to step out and be involved in planting, and so that was a process that God just started burdening me about people who were falling through the cracks in, in some of our traditional churches. And again, nothing against traditional churches. God's yeah. using those settings. But there are people who aren't coming. Uh, and there are people today who aren't connected uh, to church. They don't know Christ. And, and that's, been, that's been my goal, isn't just to you know, get somebody to a church service, but I want to connect them to the Lord. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to you know, become Christians. I want them to, to know Jesus personally and submit to Him and follow Him as Lord and Savior, and, and see the kingdom right. expanded and grow in that way. So it was just one of those processes that, that over time, I, I would say that it was small steps of obedience. 
I remember when the TBMB annual meeting was was down in Memphis. Uh, I was there, and God had started this. And and somebody that I knew asked me how things were going. And as I started sharing with them, I started talking about some other things that God was burning within me. And they said, "Well, you need to you need to get with Lewis." Mm-hmm. And I, I said, "Well, who's Lewis?" And they said, "Well, he he's the church planning uh, strategist for the TBMB, and he's right over here." Mm-hmm. And so Lewis and I just sat down and started talking, and it wasn't anything in specific. You know, it was just he was just talking about what's going on, what I've been a part of. And he, he said, Hey, let's, why don't we start meeting together? And so I started doing that. And so we would meet. And of course the, uh, uh, the TBMB has an assessment right. uh, that you can go through. And he said, why don't you do this assessment? And I did. And he said, well, you're scoring high, you know, in these areas. And, and so it was one of those things where uh, God would kind of lay something on my heart to do and I would do it. And then, you know, after that, I'm like, why did I do that? Uh, and so there, this I say there are these points of obedience that the Lord would impress upon me. I needed to do something, and then you get down the road and you realize all of those steps of obedience. That was preparation for me to step out and to plant a church. And you know they say hindsight's twenty twenty, and I can definitely look back and I know right. now why I was doing those things. While in you know in that short term, I thought, why am I doing this? Now I know, and, right. and so for me. It's just been a general guiding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's been it started with a burden that He placed in my life, and and what do I do with this? How do I you know how do I serve in a way that that I'm you know responding mm-hmm. to what the Spirit's calling me to and what He's doing in my life? And so uh, that was a process, and it led you know the last church I was at. I've been there for ten years, and so then it got to the point where you know God made it clear that he was calling me to step out and plant and, and again there're just so many things along the journey I've got a I've got a little uh, uh, journal I've been keeping on an iPad called mm-hmm. the plant journey and so from the very beginning all the first meetings that I was involved in you know talking about how that was going just there was an excitement in the spirit anytime uh, we were around if I shared my vision or shared my heart you know God was in it and, mm-hmm. and, and we could recognize that and so it got to the point of knowing uh, the only next step of obedience is to leave the church I've been a part of for 10 years and to step out and do this. And so it got to the point, you know, where we did. The good thing is once I started that process with the director of missions in the Nolichucky Association, uh, you know, he said, hey, I need to connect you to Lewis. I'd already done that. I'd already been connected to Lewis. I'd already gone through the assessment. Again, that was that preparation that, right. that God had done, who who had uh, orchestrated you know me to do this. And so I was kind of ahead of the game in that way. And so uh, also a very weird thing that happened. One night, God put David Hawkins, the director of missions for Nolichucky, on my heart. And I'd never met him because I was part of the Nolichucky. And then when I came to Swansylvania, uh, we were part of the East Tennessee. For whatever reason, one night, again, this is one of those steps of obedience, God put David Hawkins on my heart. I also served as a chaplain with the Morristown Police Department for five years. And I was leading some of the detectives in a Bible study every week. Uh, And so, you know, I get up one morning... David had been on my heart the night before. I go to lead this Bible study. And when I finish, I walk out the door where we were meeting and David was sitting on a bench right in front of me. <laughs> and it's like the Lord said, okay, here he is. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, God, what do, I even, what do I even do? What do I even say to this guy? And so I just went up and introduced myself and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at Swansylvania Baptist over in Dandridge, but, you know, I, I live here in Morristown and, and just uh, just wanted to say hello. And, you know, I've heard good things about you. I'm glad that you're part of the association. And he asked if he had my resume, and I said, "Well, no, I, you know, I've I've not been putting resumes out there." And he said, "Well, I just like to have that on file." And I said, "That's fine, I'll, I'll get that to you." And then he looked at me and said, "And if you ever 
felt like starting a church mm-hmm. in Morristown. We have a building you could use for free. <laughs> and so, and I had said nothing about church planning. I'd said nothing about, you know, the burden. And in my mind, I'm like, why did he just tell me this? Although I knew because <laughs> right. cause that had been something that already started. And in fact, during that time, I was leading the detectives in the study. Mark Batterson had a study called It. And one of the things that impressed me in that, you know, I told our guys, I said, hey, there's something that God is leading you to. There's something that God wants to accomplish in your life. And it could be something in your family. It could be something in your workplace. It could be something personally. But there's something that God wants to accomplish. And and he's been stirring in that. He's been speaking in that. And, And what is that? I want you to think about what that thing is and what would it take for that to happen? What, what's going to happen for you to start this process to see God accomplish this thing in your life? And, and so some of the guys were sharing, and I didn't share with them, but with me, uh, what God had been stirring in was starting a church. You know, Then like in this same time, I walk out, there's David, and he says, if you want to start a church, we've got a building you can use for free. And so it actually took you know, maybe two years from oh, wow. that first encounter. And of course, I'd already met with Lewis and been assessed as a planner uh, before I sat down at the table with David again saying, yeah, God is burdening me and this is something I feel like he's calling us to do. And and two years ago, you told me that there was a building, hmm. you know, and I, I'd like to revisit that. And so <laughs> then as we started to do that, you know, again, God was stirring. And so again, this has been a process, steps of obedience, but God always prepares. It's not something that just happens, you know, generally it's not a, just a quick thing. Uh, and through that whole time, you know, being obedient to him, he made it clear to me and gave us the confidence, not in ourselves, but the confidence and the calling to leave what we've been doing, to be available, to step out and, and start this new work. And so that's kind of the process for me and everyone's, you know, unique and different, but it will, it will generally always start with a burden and it has to be a call from God. If it's not a call from God, those tough days, you'll step away from it. You know, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, because it's, it's not a, it's not an easy task. That's amazing how God just, you know, puts things in place. And as long as you're obedient, obedient, you know, it's just funny how things kind of always seem to, to work out in, in the correct way. Maybe not the way we always envision, but right. you know, it just it's so much greater than anything we could ever truly envision. We we've talked and, you know, and it's, it's, East Point's been around for how long now? Almost three years? We are, yes. We just finished our second second year. Okay. And uh, so we're, we're in the two years, three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we, we've been kind of, we're starting to take steps and everything. And, you know, we're seeing increase in, in, in people joining even through all the craziness and everything like that. So um, what are some things that you've seen in the early days that have been very successful that you would recommend to anybody who's trying to be a, uh, or is trying to start a church? Uh, well, again, you know, churches start for different reasons. Unfortunately, sometimes there's a friction in a congregation and that mm-hmm. congregation doesn't move forth in peace and unity the way God wants it to. And, and one group will say, well, we're done, we're out of here. And so they'll branch off and start a church. You know, that's not always the best way to do that, but it happens. And, and so starting a, you know, a new church plant, there are different factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number one, it needs to be birthed from God. It needs to be something that, that he is, uh, that he is doing. And actually, you know, through our, uh, walk, our, our spiritual journey as a church, we should be 
you know, is any church. I mean, that planting other churches, that's just a part of the call of multiplication. We, we use the term Great Commission that, that Jesus gave uh, before he ascended back to heaven, and he told us to, to go out and to, to preach and teach and to make disciples and, and uh, to baptize. And so as that happens, uh, you're going to need more, more churches. You're right. going to need more, more gatherings of God's people. And so he tells us to do that across the world. And so there's a natural, church planning should be a, a natural process in kingdom work, uh, kingdom expansion, and you know, it's not always just expanding the church you're a part of, but looking at, well, maybe we can start another congregation in another part of the town, or in another town totally, or even another uh, country. Again, that should come out of you know, one being obedient to God's call right. to us as Christians to to baptize, to disciple, and so you know, again, I say first and foremost, it should be you know started by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be out of you know, just obedience as you as you're in a church and you look around and say, "Oh, you know, God's leading us as a congregation to start a new work or to be a part of a new work." Or, you know, someone who's involved in that. That's kind of the way you know we found our mother church was. It's a church that I'd been a part of for ten years prior to my ten years at Swansylvania, uh, and you know that church now is is Grace Point, mm-hmm. and their pastor and I had served together uh, for a number of years. And when I was dealing with this, he said that they were thinking about church planning. I said, well, wait a minute, let's talk about this because that's something I've already been involved in and God's been stirring in my heart. And so, you know, that was a kind of a partnership that came out of, again, just a, God was stirring them to do something. God was stirring in me. We we knew each other. And so God just brought us together to do that. All I can, all I know is my journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, in the obedience and, and generally in planting, you've got it. You've got to have that call from the Lord. Uh, if and, and that's not just true in planting, but that's true in anything that we do as a Christian. If God isn't the one who is orchestrating what we're doing, we can do it on our own power. We can do it you know, for whatever reason, but if we want it to be something that's eternally significant, mm-hmm. if we, we want it to last and be significant in the kingdom of God, it's not going to happen apart from God. And so he's got to be the one who's leading, who's guiding, who's providing, and it's constantly seeking him, trying to be in tune with him, and then looking at, at others uh, who he's working in in that capacity or who he puts resources around us, just like the TBMB. Uh, I mean, I was already in a Southern Baptist church, but you know the team, TBMB had, had a process, uh, and they wanted to plant new churches, and that's still one of the objectives mm-hmm. is to plant new churches. You know, as God starts moving and God starts working, you know, look for others that he's doing something likewise in and look for the resources that he's already established and try to get connected with those and, and work through that process. And, you know, there are processes that the North American Mission Board has the planting pipeline, church planters pipeline that you can get involved in uh, as far as developing mm-hmm. uh, leadership ability within folks who may feel the call to church planting. And mm-hmm. and I know that other people have asked me as far as pastors, well, I've got somebody who who's interested in church planting. You know, what, what do they need to do? Uh, they're kind of thinking about it, and I'm yeah. like, man, you, they need to do more than think about it. They need to understand <laughs> the commitment, the you know, the calling they need from the Lord. It's not it's not something to take lightly, you know. But again, it has to it has to start from the Lord if it's going to be done right, and if it's going to be right and, and kingdom effective and lasting for more than than what we have, you know, our time on this earth. What are some challenges that you faced 
church planting because I, I I know that uh, <laughs> they are facing challenges in church planting is probably something that you face every day because um, I know how difficult it is. But talk to us a little bit about what it's like and some of the ways you've overcome some of these challenges. Well, there's certain challenges that everyone's going to encounter. Uh, then there's some that will be specific, you know, or, or of greater importance depending on the the model that you have. I mean, ideally, you know, a church plant happens when one church feels like God has called us to do this and, and they have so many people that they're going to send out to be a part of it. And so they start with a core of like 50 people right. and they have a pastor. And so it's kind of like an instant church and they'll go out and, and they may have a core group or a launch group. And then in my situation, what happened was it got to the point where God was, we knew that that's what we needed to do, but we didn't have a lot of people going with us. Uh, that is not the way I'd recommend to to start, but we knew that we had to be obedient to what God was doing. And uh, so generally anytime, you know, if a church planner comes to speak at your church or ha- has a time where they're trying to say ways that you can be involved, the, the three ways that you can be involved uh, in church planning, uh, one is through prayer. And so you can pray, pray mm-hmm. for us, pray for what's going on, pray that, you know, that God would, would supply laborers and co-laborers. That's one of my prayers still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a need. Uh, number two is you can get involved financially. You know, there's a financial challenge uh, to church planning. Ministry takes money. Yeah, I mean that's that's just one of those things that you know if you want to if you want to feed somebody you, you have to pay for the food. If you want to give somebody a Bible, you have to pay for the Bible. There's right. so there's always the 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 money challenge. And then thirdly, if you want to get involved, you can personally be involved. Personal investment, volunteering, being a part of the work itself. And so those are three things. So some of the needs that we have. We, we need prayer. We need money. We need people. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the three things. Those are the big things. Now, you know, as you go along, COVID has brought about a whole new challenge because you're trying to, you know, build and gather people who are afraid to leave their house. And so COVID has been something that's that shook up everybody, you know, in ministry. I don't think there's anybody in church life that hasn't been affected by COVID. Now, the good thing about us is we've not been, we have a building that we use, but it's not our building. So another challenge, where do you meet? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you work that out? So within the building, you have challenges. You know, one, if you're buying a building, then you've got expense of that and upkeep and supplying all your church needs. And mm-hmm. and so uh, with us, we have a building that we can use uh, and we're very thankful for that. Yes. Uh, and, but you know, it's not our building and our building is kind of tucked away. So it's it's not really visible to the community. And so, you know, one of our challenges is just getting the word out that we have a church meeting there. And so that, that's been a challenge. Uh, financially, uh, the good thing is, you know, our building, we, we, we can use free of charge. So right. any monies we have, we can use toward ministry and, you know, buying discipleship materials or, you know, paying a salary so that I can eat with my wife. <laughs> um, the way our building is, the, the blessing through COVID was, you know, our folks... We've not been attached to a building because we just use that building on Sunday morning. The other time we, you know, we're out in the community or we're doing Zoom or, right. you know, before COVID we were meeting at my house right. uh, for our small group studies. We haven't had an attachment to a building, and so for us that's not been a, you know, it's just not been weird by not being, being at the building. Now, thankfully, as far as Sunday morning gatherings, we've still been able to, you know, continue and do that. We, we haven't had an issue with, you know, a lot of sickness. But you know, as far as needs, you. You need somewhere to meet. You need people right. to be a part of this journey with you. You need resources to reach other people and to also feed the people 
you know, spiritually that you're working with. And so some of that's, you know, those are common uh, across the board. And then each situation will provide other little, you know, necessities along the journey. You know, again, the, the top three, we, we have prayer needs, we have financial needs, we need people. Yeah. Uh, we need people to serve alongside with us. And then, you know, there are people that we want to reach uh, to bring into the church, you know, into new relationships with Christ. And so, you know, as, as Scripture says, it's a partnership. It's the body working together to serve God, who's the head of the church. And so each situation is is kind of unique. I know that um, as a church, we we go out and we do things and, and everything like that. And, you know, we do what we call prayer point uh, mm-hmm. in the park. And we, we try to do a lot of different things. Can you just talk about a little bit of some of the different things that we've done and, and just how they've impacted not only the people in the community, but our church, our group uh, of people? Well, you know, another thing that through this uh, journey and one of the burdens that God has put on my heart is that we realize, you know, that we come together to worship and to grow, but uh, God wants us to be living out our faith outside of the walls of the church. And, you know, really for people to have an opportunity to do that, for us to have an opportunity to connect with new folks, to, you know, share the gospel, uh, to see new people uh, become Christians and to have an opportunity to disciple them. And so it's been important for us to get outside of the church and not think about the church being, you know, the particular building that we're in, but that we are the body. And so there are different things that we've done. And and again, COVID has made some of that complicated as well, because you're not able to come into certain places and you have different restrictions that you're dealing with. But, you know, some of the things that we've done is we went out and did a cookout for uh, the AYSO soccer families that would meet at a park. They'd come in on Saturday and do their soccer games. And so we, we took a grill and set it up and grilled hot dogs and, you know, gave out bags of chips and bottles of water and uh, some little Debbie snack cakes just to connect with them and, right. and try to love on them and, and let them know that we're in the community. And uh, we've done some things with a, a local homeless shelter mm-hmm. uh, in town. We, we did, uh, went in and you know, provided breakfast and an Easter service. Then we went back another time and did a Valentine's party and, right. and played some games with the people there and uh, done some things there, uh, studies. And, you know, we've, Done things at the park, connecting with uh, connecting with folks. We we've done some some citywide events. We mm-hmm. we did a right. another thing at the park that you know was a big Easter event mm-hmm. where we gave out stuff. And you know it's important that that we love the community that God's put us in. That that's the people that you know we're doing life with. There's right. those are the people who are struggling. Those are the people God calls us to love on here locally. And we don't want to be a church who just gathers for ourselves and. And we never connect with anybody else. I mean, God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. And so it's important that we look for those opportunities to get out and connect and be a part of, you know, giving to the community and loving on the community. And of course, for us, we're, we're limited anyway. We're, we're limited in size. We're limited in, in funds. But we're still, in, we're still trying to do what we can with what we have to, to make a difference for the kingdom, to, you know, to share Christ with people. And what I've seen as far as the results of that you know, some of the people in our church, that's something that's been kind of foreign to them. Mm-hmm. But once they've got out and started doing it, uh, God has, you know, has stirred within them. And, and, and of course, I've always been an outreach guy. As I said before, I'd started an outreach program in one of my other churches. And I like door knocking and mm-hmm. I, I like engaging people. And, I, right. you know, I'm just, that's that's the way God's wired me. And I understand right. other people aren't that way, but they can still come alongside. And, and what I found a lot of times is people who would say, no, I don't want to talk. Uh, you can do all the talking. I said, that's fine. You know, by the end of our night together or, you know, a time or two out, they're starting to talk to people about Christ. And, right. and, and God has, 
God has put this within us, and if we're going to be obedient to to, to what He's called us to do, right. we have to do that. And so, you know, part of my goal is to provide opportunities for our people to do that and to see God work and to use them. So I've seen that shyness, that mm-hmm. that fear, turn into a boldness, turn into an excitement because they realize God can use them in that capacity. Now, the other thing I've seen uh, from the people who are receiving the outreach or receiving, you know, what we're there doing is they are, they're blown away that somebody would even do this and that they care. And, you know, sometimes the question is, why are you doing this? <laughs> well, you know, what's it cost? Nothing. You know, well, you're going to give this to me? Yeah, you can take it. And, well, that's nice. You know, that's, thank you for doing that. Yeah. And so it seems like in our society, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it it is. And right. they're always expecting strings to be attached. And so when you show up just to do something, you know, free of charge for them, and you're mm-hmm. giving them a water bottle, you're giving them sanitizer, you're giving them you know, food, whatever it is, they're generally kind of taken back by that. And, uh, you know, it's opened opportunities, though, for people to see that we're not there trying to get anything from them. We just want right. to know them. And so I've been able to pray with people. You know, we were doing a an event at the homeless shelter and there was a guy there who was struggling with something. He didn't even come down to be a part of, you know, devotion that I was doing. But at the end of the devotion, somebody ran down and said, Hey, he just found out somebody in his family died. Would you, would you come talk to him? And I, Absolutely. So I went up and sat down, talked to this man about, uh, you know, he's struggling. He just got word his brother had died. And so able to minister to him and talk to him about his salvation. And he prayed to receive Christ and made a commitment. Then other people there, uh, you know, I got to talk with them and went back and took Bibles to them. You know, when we, are obedient and start doing what the Spirit tells us to do. We see the Spirit work in our lives, and we see the Spirit work in others' lives. And so it, it's a good thing. Yes. Uh, it's it's a good thing. What have I seen? I've seen good things happen mm-hmm. on both ends, uh, and that excites me. And so in tonight, you know, as we're doing this tonight, we're going to try and get out in the park and do some mm-hmm. stuff. And so even right now, right. I'm getting excited, uh, even more so, just to just to get out and connect with people and love on people. You know, try to try to tell them about Jesus. So. Right. You know, as, as someone who participates, that's a church member, I, I can say that genuinely it's it's a great experience to get out and do stuff like that as a church because one, we get to bond mm-hmm. together. It's a form of bonding, but also it's just, you know, it's uh, it's really great to see uh, how people interact. You probably heard me kind of chuckling through some things and that's just because like I've been there w- <laughs> with him and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's funny seeing people uh, kind of be taken back by you offering something for free and they think there's strings attached to it. And it's just like, you know, Hey, we're just, we're just trying to make a relationship. You know, yeah. we, we just want you to know that there's people out there who care about you. And, uh, and what's neat, um, we go to the park and there's a guy who, who walks all the time. <laughs> and, uh, I think he kind of dreads seeing us come cause I think he just likes to walk and that's all he wants to do. And, uh, we, we, we finally wore him down to where he'd at least talk to us and we just help him count his laps and we kind of joke around with him. So he kind of started out being kind of, you know, not really talking to us, kind of quiet and just kind of walk right past us to where at least every time he'd come by, he'd say something. We kind of uh, tell jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's just awesome. It, even though, you know, I know there's maybe, you know, there may not be a shot that he'll ever come to the church, but it's, it's awesome because we're getting to form that relationship and we all have our church shirts on so they know we're something. 
And so we get an opportunity to talk with somebody, you know, who maybe nobody else talks to because he's kind of rough and, and tough and just real kind of closed in and doesn't like to talk to people. And, you know, he's we finally broke him down and we, we get to talk to him. So it's a lot of fun um, doing things like that. And it, it and my wife will tell you it's scary because she's she's one of those who, you know, it terrifies her to get out and, and talk about these things. But she really. Uh, over time has uh, learned to, to love it and and she knows how important it is but she's always she's always been kind of scared to do stuff like that now uh, I've noticed as we've done this she's gotten bolder in her actions and she really genuinely loves it and looks forward to it uh, and actually we're you know we, we have um, some prior plans for tonight uh, but we have every intention of you know as soon as we get done running out to the park because we you know this is the first one we've done since it's the weather's starting to get warmer and we don't want to miss out so you know I, I would highly encourage anybody who's listening you know get out and do outreach it doesn't matter I mean you know we're, we're a small church but you know we're, we're making a big impact uh, on our community and and I would encourage you guys to to definitely do that so Chuck man thank you so much for coming I really do appreciate you spending some time talking about church planning and what all that uh, entails um, to our audience thank you for listening to our podcast if you're listening on iTunes please leave a comment or follow us that will encourage others to listen to this great resource. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Chuck or uh, what we do at the TN Baptist camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tnbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope you will look for an opportunity to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.